Radio News. It's 11 o'clock, I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines, COVID cases rise back into the double digits as dozens are quarantined in connection with New Year gatherings. Sources tell RTHK that people who take the elderly to get vaccinated against COVID can get inoculated too and a legal assistant faces national security charges in court. Almost 50 members of the same family have been placed into quarantine after meeting up with a relative during the Lunar New Year holiday before he was confirmed with COVID-19 today. This comes as the number of coronavirus cases rose back to the double digits after two straight days of under 10 infections, Wendy Wong reports. The Centre for Health Protection says a 34-year-old patient got together with groups of his relatives in largely maskless gatherings during the break, and now around 50 of them have to be quarantined after he was confirmed with COVID. In a similar case, more than 20 people who had contact with a 34-year-old office worker who has also come down with COVID have also been quarantined. The centre's Dr. Chuan Shukwan said officials would closely monitor the pandemic situation. If there are large gatherings with no mass activities, uh, especially with relatives and friends, for a longer period of time, transmission may occur. Officials have also ordered anyone who has recently been to Kwai Chung Fire Station to get tested for COVID-19 after three firemen and a number of their family members were confirmed or tested preliminary positive for the virus recently. In all, authorities reported 16 new cases, 12 of which are locally acquired. Ten were infected via known sources, including two restaurant staff and a construction worker. Around 10 other people have tested preliminary positive for the virus. RTHK has learned that people who aren't in the priority group for COVID-19 vaccinations may be able to get a jab early if they're taking an elderly person to get their vaccine. Samantha Butler has more. Sources say the government will soon set out details of its COVID-19 vaccination programme, which is expected to start next month. The hospital authority and private medical practitioners are expected to operate about 20 centres to be opened in stages. Each centre will offer a single type of vaccine. Among the priority groups will be people aged over 60, and each elderly person can bring along two caregivers. They too will be able to get vaccinated, even if they wouldn't otherwise be eligible. Everyone will have to make an appointment in advance. Medical staff at the centres will be trained in how to cope with severe side effects. One medical group said it would need three to 400 staff to operate a centre. One of the SCR's vaccine suppliers, Sinovac, says its first million doses will arrive on Friday. The government has yet to approve its use here, though advisers have recommended they do so. As Priscilla Ung reports, some are concerned that the relatively low efficacy rate of the mainland vaccine could make it difficult for Hong Kong to achieve herd immunity. For now, only the BioNTech vaccine with an efficacy rate of 95% has been formally approved by the authorities. But the Sinovac vaccine is widely expected to follow soon, even though it has an overall efficacy rating of just over 50%, but which rises to 62.3% if the two doses are given 28 days apart. The convener of the expert panel, which unanimously endorsed the product, Wallace Lau, says it's still good enough to give Hong Kong herd immunity to COVID-19, while stressing that the vetting process was stringent. 
But William Choi, president of the Society of Hospital Pharmacists, warned that the relatively low efficacy rate of the Sinovac vaccine means a lot of people will need to be inoculated before herd immunity is achieved. Maybe we need 80% of the people to be vaccinated or even more for Hong Kong to reach herd immunity. When the vaccine efficacy rate is relatively low, it's all the more important for people to get vaccinated, he said. Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai has reportedly been arrested again on suspicion of assisting one of 12 Hong Kongers captured in mainland waters last year. It's understood he has been charged with colluding with foreign forces under the national security law. An alleged co-conspirator legal assistant earlier appeared at West, Co- West Kowloon Court, as Jimmy Choi reports. Chen Ziwa is accused of working with people, including the media tycoon Jimmy Lai, to ask foreign governments to impose sanctions on Hong Kong or the central government, a national security crime that carries a life sentence. He's also accused of colluding with Mr Lai to help Andy Lee try to flee to Taiwan. The suspect has been remanded in custody. Lee, a member of the efficacy group Hong Kong Story, was arrested by police last August. On the same day, the police raided the Apple Daily headquarters in Changquanou and arrested Jimmy Lai. He was subsequently arrested along with 11 others Hong Kong people in mainland waters as they reportedly tried to flee to Taiwan. He's now serving a seven-month jail term in Shenzhen for the illegal border crossing. Tune to RTHK. The time has just gone uh, past five minutes, past 11. District Court has rejected an attempt to introduce a report by British experts on the policing of a protest in 2019 as evidence in an illegal assembly case. Counsel for Veteran Democrats Albert Ho and Martin Lee had argued that the report by academic Clifford Stott showed unusual manpower arrangements for the demonstration. However, the judge ruled that it was irrelevant. Seven defendants have pleaded not guilty to organising and taking part in an illegal assembly. Two earlier entered guilty pleas. The case continues. The government is seeking a billion dollars in funding from the Legislative Council to set up an indemnity fund to provide financial support for anyone who experiences serious complications from getting COVID-19 jabs. In a paper submitted to the Finance Committee, authorities proposed offering up to $3 million to those who suffer from rare or unpredictable side effects, which results in serious injuries. Compensation of up to $2.5 million, meanwhile, will be given to the state of anyone who dies from the jab. The government is proposing imposing stricter controls on gun components, saying an existing loophole has allowed criminals to smuggle in parts that are then assembled into working firearms. As Joanne Wong reports, they've launched a four-week consultation on the needed legal changes. While Hong Kong has some of the most stringent gun control laws in the world, authorities say there's been a worrying rise in cases involving real guns here. The government says the somewhat loose definition of arms in the law means criminals have been able to sneak in smaller components in separate shipments before assembling fully working, genuine firearms here. Now the government wants to amend the Firearms and Ammunition Ordinance to give a clearer and more concrete description of the components that make up such firearms, such as gun barrels, chambers, a breech block, bolt or other mechanism for containing the pressure of discharge at the rear of a chamber to plug this loophole. 
Authorities are proposing a 90-day grace period for people to dispose of the listed components or apply for a license before the new legal changes come into force. The government noted that there has been a worrying surge in the smuggling of suspected firearms and their components, with customs reporting 35 such cases last year, up from single-digit figures recorded in the previous few years. The consultation will last for four weeks. Steve Vickers, the chief executive of Steve Vickers & Associates, a specialist political and corporate risk consultancy, says even with the legal change, it's not going to be easy for customs officials to identify gun components. I can see the intention is good. The actual feasibility, I'm not quite so sure. We seem to be hung around the need to prove that any part of a component is being used or intended to be used in discharging a missile. That could be quite difficult if it's a small screw or a, um, a spring uh, or, or whatever, particularly if, if um, things are coming in in you know, eight, nine, ten shipments and mixed with um, other metal parts and the like. It really is very difficult. Shartin Magistracy has sent a 16-year-old boy to a rehabilitation centre for vandalising a Haiti branch in Newtown Plaza in Shartin and resisting the police. The court heard that the teenager vandalised two cashiers and an octopus card machine worth around $15,000 in May last year. He pleaded guilty to one count of criminal damage and another count of resisting a police officer. U.S. President Joe Biden has said there will be repercussions for China over what he said were human rights abuses, and he's promised that the United States will speak up about the issue. He was speaking at a town hall event with a group of U.S. citizens in Wisconsin on his first official trip out of Washington since taking office. China is trying very hard to become the world leader, and to get that moniker and to be able to do that, they have to gain the confidence of other countries. And as long as they're engaged in activity that is contrary to basic human rights, it's going to be hard for them to do that. He also sought to promote his 1.9 trillion US dollar coronavirus rescue package. China has apparently dismantled dozens of structures and moved vehicles to empty out entire camps along a disputed Himalayan border where Indian and Chinese troops have been locked in a face-off since last summer. That's according to new satellite images, as Richard Pine reports. The nuclear-armed neighbours last week announced a plan to pull back troops, tanks and other equipment from the banks of Pangongchou, a glacial lake in the Ladakh region that became a flashpoint in the prolonged border dispute. Satellite imagery of some areas on the northern bank of Pangongchou from Tuesday, supplied by Maxar Technologies, show that multiple Chinese military camps, which could be seen there in late January, have been removed. An Indian official in Delhi told Reuters their side is taking similar action. India's Defence Minister Rajnath Singh told Parliament that both sides had agreed to pull back troops in a phased, coordinated and verified manner around Pangongchou, after which military commanders would discuss ending the standoff in other parts of the Ladakh frontier. Tensions began rising along the high-altitude border in April when India accused Chinese troops of intruding into its side of the line of actual control, the de facto border. China denied the allegation, saying it was operating in its own area. But the confrontation spiralled in June when 20 Indian soldiers and an undisclosed number of Chinese troops were killed during hand-to-hand -hand clashes in Ladakh's Galwan region, the first such casualties along the 3,500-kilometre-long border in decades. Despite several subsequent rounds of diplomatic and military talks, India and China had been unable to settle on an agreement until February, making the ongoing first phase of the withdrawal critical.
Videos and images released by the Indian Army earlier this week also showed Chinese troops dismantling bunkers and tents, and tanks, soldiers, and vehicles moving out as part of the disengagement process. Huge anti-military protests are taking place in Myanmar in one of the largest shows of defiance since the coup two weeks ago. BBC's Jonathan Head reports. The military government in Myanmar has dismissed the protesters as a violent minority. So people across the country set out to prove it wrong, with numbers much larger than in recent days. Everywhere you could see the familiar outline of Aung San Suu Kyi's face, printed on posters of red and gold, her party's colours. Drivers in Yangon staged a breakdown protest, leaving their cars, bonnets raised, to block roads into the city and stop people trying to get to work and any army or police vehicles too. Reuters news agency quoting royal sources says Britain's Prince Philip does not have COVID-19 and his admission to hospital yesterday evening was precautionary and not an emergency admission. Queen Elizabeth's husband, Prince Philip, was admitted to hospital walking in unaided after feeling unwell for a short period. The Queen remains at Windsor Castle in England. The Consumer Council is cautioning people against cooking too many of their meals with an air fryer, as the devices may not be as healthy as their marketing suggests. Watchdog tested a dozen fries and found French fries cooked in half of them contained high levels of a substance known as acrylamide, which can cause cancer. Professor Nora Tam chairs the Council's Research and Testing Committee. Compared with air frying and deep frying, air frying you don't need to add oil, so relatively it is a bit safe, healthier because you have less oil. But unfortunately, uh, we cannot eat that because air frying still got a problem. As I mentioned, it's at high temperature, you erode the materials, so they might produce acrylic amide. More so, if you want to eat healthier, you can consider the cooking method like steaming it, boiling it. It's much healthier than frying it. Council also cast doubt on the effectiveness of UV disinfecting devices, which have risen in popularity as a way to clean surfaces during the pandemic. Watchdog checked eight such gadgets and found their performance to be disappointing. Professor Tam said that cleaning with alcohol disinfectant and diluted bleach is still the cheapest and most effective method. If people think that they buy something very good and help them to inactivate the virus, but actually the fact is not, that will be very, very dangerous. Therefore, we, we, we like to advise the consumer that these portable UV disinfection devices, they do have limitations. And then the limitation is including a lot of things like the device itself has low virucidal performance, and even they have good virucidal performance or bactericidal performance, but it will depend on how you use it. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. COVID cases rise back into the double digits as dozens are quarantined in connection with New Year gatherings. Sources tell RTHK that people who take the elderly to get vaccinated against COVID can get inoculated too. And a legal assistant faces national security charges in court. And that's the news from RTHK.
Tom Jones getting us started for the second hour of the Late Show for this Wednesday, the 17th of February, 2021. I'm Simon Wilson, sitting in for the world's most durable DJ, not breaking through the door, but joining us now, Radio 4. So, uh, yeah, if you're still tuned in on 567 or 1584 out in Chunum Kot, you can now catch us in glorious FM stereo, territory-wide, somewhere between 97.6 and 98.9. I'm Simon Wilson sitting in for the world's most durable DJ, playing the music of the 60s, 70s and 80s till 11.30, then assorted ballads and easy listening all the way through till one, with just a wee hint of nostalgia. If there's something you'd like to hear, 233 888 266 is the number. 